and welcome to episode 31 of the Detours in Music podcast. My name is Laura Rupel, and today we have an interview with Jocelyn Chan, piano technician at James Madison University. I hope you enjoy. So I'm Jocelyn Chan, and I'm the piano technician here at James Madison University. Um, we have uh, over 150 pianos in the entire campus. Um, it makes up um, in the College of Vision Performing Arts, the dance pianos, theater and the music building as well. Um, yeah, and together with John Beach, my colleague, we take care of all these many, many, many pianos. Can you talk about your beginnings in music? Yeah, so I played the um, piano since I was little, and how I started was that my brother, he was older than me, and he was forced to learn the piano, as a lot of, as a lot of kids are. Mm -hmm. um, and there was this particular piece that he was practicing for an exam that I really, really, really liked. And so I just stood beside him and watched where his fingers went and copied him. And that was how I learned my first piece ever. And from then on, I, my mom got me piano lessons and um, it went from there. Awesome. Um, would, did you ever play any instruments outside of piano? Yeah. Um, so when I was 13, I joined the band and I played, I played the clarinet for the next 10 years. I was quite the band freak, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my teenage years was like listening to band music, going for band practices. I was like the total band nerd. And it was great. Yeah. yeah. Great. And when I went to do my master's at Florida State, I took up organ. Okay. Ooh, I love the organ it's and they call it the king of instruments for a reason right mm -hmm. it really is it's like just by pulling out all the stops you can create this whole orchestra sound and yeah. fill up the hall just by yourself so yeah um when you were in high school when were you thinking that you would um pursue music as a career uh i never thought about it yeah because, um you know my parents were practical and my mom is like are you gonna do if you studied music mm -hmm. so I actually didn't I, my undergrad was actually in uh, accounting so I did my bachelor's in a, of accounting and I went into the music I, I went into um, the accounting world before coming back to music and uh, doing my master's um, what was your time in the accounting world I guess were you thinking the whole time like this isn't the perfect thing or were you like music is fun or yeah, when I was studying, uh, when I was doing my undergrad, um, during my bachelor's, mm -hmm. it was great because accounting, the accounting degree had a lot of, it was highly project-based. Okay. So you didn't have to study too much and you could do a lot of outside activities, let's <laughs> put it this way. Yeah. So, um, and then I got into the working world and, and I hated it. Um, mm -hmm. I felt there wasn't any meaning to what I was doing. I was making the money, that's for sure, but it was just the drag to go to go to work every day. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like, I don't want to do this 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. um, so I tried to look for something else. And because I played the piano since I was little, um, I thought, why not yeah. try to pick up a new skill? <laughs> um, when you were going into your master's degree, was tuning pianos ever in your mind? Um, I did my master's, so my bachelor's was in accounting, and then I decided to do my career switch, and then I went to University of Western Ontario, which they were offering a certificate program in piano technology. Okay. 
And so I completed, it was just a one-year program. And um, after I was done with that, I went back to work for Steinway for a bit. And then there was this master's program. It's a master's of arts in music with a piano technology emphasis okay. up at Florida State. And it's the only program, master's program of that kind in piano technology, essentially. So I went to, to do my MA in music specifically because I wanted to do a okay. master's in piano technology so yeah um where do you think that interest kind of came from i feel like that's a very unique <laughs> yeah i know right like you don't ever see any kid running around saying oh i want to be a piano tech yeah <laughs> yeah everybody who lands in this job kind of has their own story mm -hmm. um i guess for me it was it was driven by me not liking my job my current job and um my love for the piano and music mm -hmm. Um, I actually taught piano in a music studio um, all throughout my college years, on, like on the weekends, like to little kids. And I loved it. It was a lot of fun, but it was also really tiring mm -hmm. to have the energy level. Um, and I just couldn't see myself doing it for long. So, and I wasn't good enough to play on the stage. So what else could I do with the piano? <laughs> but, you know, work on it. And it, the more I looked into it, the more interesting piano technology was because firstly it was a skill that nobody could I could only get better over time mm. as I practiced my skill and um I do like the aspect that you're kind of like the unseen artist mm -hmm. you're like behind the scenes working on the pianos doing your art because in a way it's its own art um but then I don't have the stress of performing in front of everybody so <laughs> Yeah. So and if I'm you talking. didn't do your work, then it would be very obvious <laughs> to everyone else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you worked at Steinway, correct? Um, yes, in Singapore. Yep. Okay. What was that um, process like? Uh, as in process of getting the job or process of working? Or like, what did you do there? Yeah. Uh, the first time I worked for them, they um, I was an in-house uh, tech where they had two pianos bees they were bees so they were like seven foot pianos that they wanted to rebuild and um i got to rebuild them so i put new strings on i put new parts on and i and i refurbished the entire piano two of them um that was my first stint with them and then i went to florida state after that so that wasn't for too long mm -hmm. and after florida state i actually um worked with them for a short bit working on new pianos um, in clients' homes um, before I came here. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you think that that kind of institution is like what has helped you a lot in learning your craft? Because I'm assuming that just studying piano technology isn't the, the best way. Yeah, yeah. So my certificate program um, was a heavily hands-on thing. Okay. So most of the times we were, it was... In the mornings, we did tunings. In the afternoons, we did shop work, which we call arts and crafts. Because, you know, you're playing with parts, tiny little parts, and putting them on. Um, so, yeah, it was mostly hands-on. But, again, it was in an institution setting. And although it was in a school and we got to, to work on the music-building pianos, still it's, it's different when you're, having, you're going out into people's homes and, and working on that. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a different kind of work. So after I finished that schooling um, training at, at uh, Western Ontario, 
I actually did an internship at um, a conservatory in Singapore. Okay. So it was so that again helped me with the institution world. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Steinway and did the outside work. And on the same time, I do have a few clients outside too. So mm-hmm. all that built. It, it's a different kind of job because yeah. you have different interactions, but it, but it kind of layers and builds up on each other. So so it was a pretty good experience overall. Yeah. Um, do you still have thoughts of if you weren't pursuing technology, would you pursue another aspect of music or um, any other career path? Uh, any other aspect of music? I don't know. I'm really, really, really happy where I am. Yeah, that's um, a totally it, good answer. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, I feel so fortunate to be able to work on pianos mm. and and do what I do because I... I love the peacefulness. It's kind of therapeutic when you're tuning or like working on pianos. It's just you and the piano and your thoughts and you troubleshoot pianos as they come up, what problems you see. It's really fun because every piano is so different mm-hmm. and they react so differently because all the parts are so organic. They're made of wool, felt, wood. Everything's always changing in a different way. And, and it's a mix of physics because that's essentially it's a mechanism and it's yeah. producing sound. So it's, it's to do with physics of sound of material and design. And so it's just a whole mix of things that, that, that <laughs> intrigues me and I really enjoy it. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, was there anything that you struggled in particular when you were um, first into this piano technology world? Um, um, struggling I do have things that I'm good with like for example I'm, I'm, I'm really good at fine detail okay which are the like doing regulation of all the tiny parts of the piano but um big things big like rebuilding jobs like saying doing the finish of something or doing like big woodworking stuff I am not the best at it so yeah that was that was a more difficult aspect um to learn like the big woodworking machines that I've never used before when I was little and, and um, sometimes it gets taxing physically on your body mm-hmm. because the tuning pins have a lot of tension and you're moving like 230 pins for each piano. So that's also a challenge actually to keep your body fit so mm-hmm. that you don't get injured because I had a lot of friends who start having back problems. I mean, it's the same like, um, pianists, they have to be aware of their postures not to get injured too, so yeah. Are the people who study tuning also the people that would build a piano? It is sometimes. Um, there are rebuilding shops where um, I know my colleagues, they do both. Okay. Um, but usually it kind of tends, people kind of tend to have their own specializations. Yeah, okay. And um, I do know of people who rebuild really well and tune really well, but I also do know of people who are like me, prefers to tune and regulate, mm-hmm. and people who just prefer to rebuild. So yeah, because they seem very different to me. So um, yeah, saying the woodworking and everything, it's like, well, that does seem like a very different set of skills. Right. It's almost like cabinetry, like furniture making, because mm-hmm. people sometimes use pianos as furniture. And they're so large. <laughs> Is there advice that you have for maybe people who aren't majoring in music 
maybe are in a career that they're not super happy with, but they think, you know, maybe I could love music. Um, is there any advice you have for people like that? Um, follow your heart. <laughs> uh, it was really difficult to do the switch, to be honest, mm -hmm. financially. And I mean, Singapore, I grew up in Singapore and it's a very pragmatic society. Okay. And that's why I went to study accounting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, you know, accounting, being a doctor or a lawyer and all that. So it was really hard, but mm -hmm. I had support from close family. Um, and that really did help. And I had a good amount of savings that I used to invest. But honestly, I'm really so much happier now yeah. than what I would probably be if, if I was, I mean, it's like you're working in the in that world and getting all that money, but you what do you do with it? You don't have time to enjoy it. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, and being a piano technician, one of the one of the what I thought about why I wanted to be one is that I'm not gonna be a millionaire. But I'm not gonna be probably not gonna be sleeping under the bridge mm -hmm. uh, by the river or something, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that 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 yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, would you say that your biggest detour in life was making that switch or since then maybe a move or a job being your a big detour for you? Um, I think my biggest detour would be going in the accounting world and, you know, doing doing all that um business side of mm -hmm. business side of things. Which isn't the worst actually because you know, piano techs do run their own businesses too. Mm -hmm. So it, it kind of complemented it. And I mean, I know things about tax and profits and, and the usual, how yeah. to run it. So it wasn't too bad. Um, and who, who, who's to say that what I'm doing now is not a detour to something exactly. else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what brought you to your position at JMU and then um, maybe some of the things that are unique about your job here. What brought me here? Um, the piano faculties. Okay. Well, they hired me, right? So, <laughs> so literally speaking, yes, they brought me here. But um, no, they, they're, it's really hard to, I mean, I know a lot of colleagues in institutions who find it difficult to work with um, piano faculties because they are the ones that I work with the most and they are the ones that I want to please and mm -hmm. I'm working on these pianos for them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very important that I have a good relationship with them and, and just um, interacting with them, they're great and people make such a big difference in where yeah. you work. One big reason I left my job was also because of the people I was working with. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah uh so that's what brought me to gmu and also i loved being in the shenandoah valley mm -hmm. well to be honest when i first looked at gmu's job posting mm -hmm. i didn't know where harrisonburg was mm -hmm. i looked at the map and i saw oh it's surrounded by green all right that's where i'm going yeah <laughs> i mean i love the outdoors so yeah. that was what brought me here um and it being an all-star school with great pianos. I, I was so impressed with the facilities, with the people, with the gorgeous campus and mm -hmm. and the small town. I mean, I really like, I grew up in a city, but I really didn't like being in a city. I liked mm -hmm. small towns with full of nature and, and this was perfect. 
Yeah. What makes GMU different um, or unique? Um, like I said, people are a big thing. Um, you can find the same pianos, same facilities elsewhere, but you can't replicate people. Yeah. So that's one big thing. And I love how everybody is so, um, for the lack of a better word, nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really nice. Yeah. Genuinely nice. What's like a typical day for you at work? A typical day? Uh, well, I guess you could split it into when school is in session and when school's out of session. Mm -hmm. When school's in session, typically I'll come in. Usually the first thing I'll do is I'll check this repair box that I have just okay. to see if there are any notices in there. And that's the first thing I usually hit if there are um, comments left by students that, oh, this piano, something's funky, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of depends on if what the program is like for the day in terms of what performances there are. Mm -hmm. And then I'll check the halls if there are major uh, important events going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then it would be a mix of trying to get into practice rooms or working on a piano if I have one open up in the shop currently. Okay. And fighting fires usually. Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing what anybody has any requests or and doing my rounds. Um, during the summer, I love the summer session because it's so quiet and peaceful. I usually then I take out, uh, I'll take the pianos out to do like big works on it like the practice room pianos i'll pull an action out and work on it for like a week or two do a rebuild if necessary change parts follow the hammers treat different parts to to get them back to uh, where they're worn out um yeah we're so very that, lucky yeah i think so too that that, that was a, a draw point for gmu like wow it, it's a great place with great facilities and great people stuff yeah mm -hmm. well the one that made me laugh the most or the one that well, let me pull it up uh yeah the one that i liked the most was <laughs> benjamin Britten's. Yeah. when he said the old idea of a composer suddenly having a terrific idea and sitting up all night to write it is nonsense like how do we smell sleeping don't you just love the sense of humor of the british <laughs> yeah i mean I like the practicality, but yet at the same time, the truth to it that, you know, it's not like, oh, I can tune pianos because I have perfect pitch. Mm. Uh, the perfect pitch story, I can go on that for another time. But yeah. no, I don't have perfect pitch. I have good relative pitch, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but not perfect pitch. I cannot hear the difference between 440 and 440.5. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I, and if no no I don't what I do as a tuner is um, practice 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 it's a skill you're listening to beats you're not listening to pitches and then you have to practice maneuvering that the, your hammer the pins and how your hand hits the other note and what your brain is listening to and, and, and with every split moment you're deciding should I turn it left should I turn it right should I leave it here um, and it was a lot of practice. Similar to a musician, it's putting in your 10,000 hours. Um, yeah. Practice, practice, practice. That was what I did my entire year at, in Western Ontario. Practiced. <laughs> Tuning from day to night. It seems a lot like reed making for oboists and bassoonists. It's like, um, because it's a manual thing and, mm -hmm. um, and aural as well, but it's not necessarily a musical act, but it serves the music, so it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
consider being a piano technician if mm -hmm. it's if if you know being a being a pianist on stage or being a teacher doesn't seem to be working out for you but you're in the music you're in the music world and you love music you love the piano or even if you you don't play the piano i mean i have a friend who was a violinist and she became a piano technician and a really good one too mm. so so yeah i mean it's it's an option we need young people who are passionate and um there, there's a lack of piano piano techs mm -hmm. good piano techs and that's why when i was applying for a job really there were quite a lot of options mm -hmm. um yeah so it's it's it takes a certain kind of person to work with pianos mm -hmm. um but i guess consider it yeah i think that is not a career path i often hear mentioned but i do hear mentions of lack of piano technicians so mm -hmm. you would think that people would <laughs> put it together faster but that's definitely a very valid um thing to think about for everyone yes it's it's not such a glamorous job i mean if you think about it oh i'm a piano technician <laughs> it doesn't paint a very glamorous picture but that's what that's what, i guess that's why i'm saying it takes a certain kind of um person like i was talking to someone the other day and he was talking about act uh, he was on film being mm -hmm. filmed on a set and he was saying how i mean everybody's everybody has their own expertise in their areas and he was one of the extras in the background mm -hmm. but he was saying how fascinating it was to watch them filming and how the actors and actresses are so so different from the crew that supports them mm -hmm. and he can see why and 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 it's just they're so different like they would never be actors and actresses and the other way around yeah. vice versa and to me it's kind of like that like I, i'm not the performer i, I mm -hmm. prefer working behind the scenes yeah. so it takes a certain kind of person but but yeah i love it that's awesome I think Jocelyn was perfect for this podcast for a number of reasons, one being that she majored in an entirely different field than music and had a career in an entirely different field and then was brought back to music. The other reason being that being a piano technician is not as common as maybe being a piano professor. So I did want to incorporate as many career paths as I could on the podcast. This episode also marks the end of season one of the podcast. In season one, I focused on staff and faculty members of the James Madison University School of Music, just because that's where I've recently graduated from my undergrad, and I interviewed 31 faculty members, and although um, I would love to interview more of them, um, it will not be on season one. It could still happen in the future, so if you're a student or faculty member at JMU really wanting to interview a certain person, just shoot me an email and I will definitely try to do that in the future. In the meantime, before season two, I am trying to work a little more on the branding of the podcast. There will be a website coming shortly, and we recently started the Detours in Music podcast Facebook page. You can already follow us on the Detours in Music podcast Instagram account, as well as subscribe to the YouTube channel at Detours in Music podcast. Season two is also coming with new intro and outro music and a new logo. The logo has been made and will be announced shortly, um, but for the music, we actually have a bit of a competition going on, and you can access that information through the Facebook page and through the Instagram account. I'm planning on having season two focus on freelance musicians or just musicians outside of a single school that I would be focusing on. So if there's anyone out there in the music world that you want me to interview, again, send an email to detoursinmusicpodcast at gmail.com 
or comment on a post on the Detours in Music podcast Instagram. Thank you for listening as always, and I hope you hear the next one when it's season two.